Okay, Zach, I want you to look dead into my eyes right now. I don't want to. Just please. Okay. You got to try. This is an exercise. This is an exercise. This is important to what we're about to talk about. Okay. Just look dead in my eyes. Mm -hmm. All right. Pay attention now to what I'm about to say. The color blue Mm -hmm. is actually red. In what way? Why do you say that? Obviously, I just told you a lie. Yeah, for sure. But if you could have muted me just now, would you have been able to tell I was lying without knowing what I was saying? No, but your eyes did twitch. Like I saw your your brow. Like I wouldn't have been able to tell that was like a cue saying that you were lying. But But do you feel like there was any... Anything suspect about my expression? Because that's essentially what this comes down to. What I feel like this book by Vanessa Van Edwards uh, called Cues. Mm-hmm. In fact, the full title is Cues, Master the Secret Language of Charismatic Communication by Vanessa Van Edwards. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today, right? Yeah. So there is... To just give, we're going to go in more in detail, but to give my summary of the book, this is a bro science psychology book. And the reason I say that is because I feel a lot of what she had to say was very off the cuff based on a personal experience or study without any real scientific method at play. At the same okay. time, I, and I'll, well, let me just add to that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, she does use a lot of good important accurate science about the different cues and well let's just say expressions the way that people can be body language essentially is which what, what she's talking about for the most part how we communicate with our faces and our movements and our posture right yeah she goes into uh verbal communication as well mm-hmm. and and tones and yes, stuff like that th- but part. one of the things that was frustrating about that is that she says it's just as important but there's less information about it she doesn't go as deep into that so I was like, if it's just as important, why aren't you explaining? Well, I forget it's the like term. In, but it's like in mo- 3D modeling. They say lighting is just as important as modeling. You should spend the same amount of time. Actually, that is an excellent comparison. An excellent comparison because Thank you. light, you're welcome. <laughs> the reason I, because I do know something of that. Not, I don't have the extensive knowledge you do, but um, lighting really is its own study. Yeah, You could be just someone who lights things mm-hmm. in 3D modeling and did yeah. nothing else. Um, and in fact, there are people who do that. Uh, there are artists. That's all they, they they focus on or work on is lighting. The same way there are people that all they work on is say like textures, yeah, and and file sizes. I and kind of things like that. I kind of put lighting and texture into the same group um, because I mean they're two different things you're really doing. But I mean, what do you mean the same group? What would which, they group in my be? eyes, it's like lighting and texturing is like the same because it's, you're looking for the colors, the aesthetic, the 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 way that shadows work and everything off I, I you know what i'm saying because like if you create a that's very if you're gonna get into some technical well, words like bit mapping so when you create a bitmap and everything like yes. that you you're creating a fake amount of depth but you, that like that's part of your lighting as well and well that's sure, why i yeah. would say that the let's call them the lightest they lighters the lighters they um they have to consider all those things that's right. why it's its own separate like vocation right. even like you know, specialty because they have to consider all that. And the same thing is true with communication when it comes to speech and it comes to language and vernacular and all those funny, fun things and fun words. 
those that is its own field of study, its own expertise. Right. I would say, um, and I'd like to hear your summary, but I would say that this book is really sort of a collage of all the different ways and the different aspects of communication that we use. And I right, felt at a, times with a focus yes, on body language. With a focus on body language, right. And specifically facial expression and um yeah, just body language in general. I yeah, guess. they she no talks to... about hand gestures as well mm-hmm. a lot. Um, and how useful they can be. Do you feel help. like you're analyzing me right now? That that's what that that that. Okay, that first so the first time about. the first time I read the the well, I read it once, but right soon after I read the book, um, I was analyzing people more, and then I was like, I'm distracted. I can't, I can't, I can't be analyzing other people. And then I was like, ah, if I analyze myself, that's good enough. Like if I just like make sure that I'm presenting myself in the the way that I think is best, then. I don't really need at this point in my uh, learning or goals, you know, your like, study of humankind. Yeah, I don't need to decode others. I I should focus first on encoding with myself. Well, that is something that's that that you mentioned stood out to me. That stands out to me on on a almost a, not a daily basis, but on a, let's say a weekly basis, is that I. If I let my brain do that, it'll freeze me. I'll overthink things in that fashion because I do that naturally, like even before I read this book. And that was I have good and bad things to say about this book um, and even about Vanessa Van Edwards herself. But one thing I can't argue is that it wasn't interesting. Uh, It wasn't because this is a topic that I find very uh, interesting on its own. I've always always sort of studied this. In other words, she she uses a lot of like a warmth if you cues as she puts it in her in her writing and in mm-hmm. her present, presentation i wonder if we used we we found something that was more competent based like uh say if a cia director wrote a book on body yes. language i think you would enjoy that more well i i i thought of things like that too one of the main points i, w- I want to get into is um what she said compared to like what i've watched let's say or read about how p- police or authorities interrogate not necessarily perpetrators but victims like when, when they mm-hmm. when they what they learn from interviewing anybody um that and i don't want to like segue into that just yet because we're just kind of sort of I just, right now i just want to like sort of like go over let's just summarize in general what we thought about the book before we start dicing it up well i thought overall it was informative mm-hmm. i i enjoyed it um i liked the fact okay so when we did um capital surveillance yeah. you really liked that yes um that field because it was stuff that you already kind of thought about and knew, but this lady, um, Zoboff, uh, she Shoshana, put it, Shoshana Zoboff. Yeah. yeah. She put it in a way that was just articulated and it, right. like, you know, pointed the things out directly. I find the same thing about this book. She kind of says things that we all kind of already think about and know about for the most part. Um, but she, she articulates it very well and says it, you know, and, and points out the keys. I'm like, this is what I like. Well, let's that's start, what I like. Let's start. It. Let's start with that. Let's. That's. I think that's a pretty good place to start. Is what do you? Can you think? Can you give you an example of like um, something that Edward, that Van Edward said in her book that, or wrote in her book rather, that articulated a thought or a series of thoughts more clearly for you? Something that woke you up that you pay attention to more now when you communicate with people. You know, are you are you watching more shoulders or, you know, because. So things that that really pointed out for me were like 
tilting your head to indicate that you're listening. Like, I never really thought about that much. Leaning in. I didn't really think about leaning in like, mm. that, like in that way. Um, uh, what else? The, the, it really like, okay. So at medieval times I'm serving now and it, it made me think more about that and putting into that context. Right. Uh, so like palms up is inviting and palms down is authoritative. So when I'm t- giving my speech, I'm really like when I'm talking to the people and I'm like, hello and welcome and all that stuff my hands are up but then mm. when i start talking about the enemy behind me my yeah. hands are down and i'm yeah. like these guys are evil these yeah. guys are bad and on top of all that they smell bad so it's like <laughs> <laughs> that's good you say that I like yeah, that. yeah yeah that's yeah. really good yeah and then i'm like uh bonus points if you make them cry by booing them excessively yeah so it's just like different things like that you know uh really really popped in my head and then she talks about how servers that touch the the patron guest or whatever mm-hmm. in like a friend friendly manner like on the hand like a fist bump or anything mm-hmm. like they get tipped more in general i'm like that's crazy because i would not want that <laughs> some server touched me no thank you i don't care yeah. if you're cute attractive i don't know you like don't touch me like that's not okay i, I agree that's something that um that i do agree with her but oh. i think you can you can suss that out because she talks about yeah um about getting closer to people because she has this chart that's like uh shows the different um um relationship space zones so the distance um, you know what you consider what i what i consider and social the, and yeah, yeah private yeah. even yeah, yeah exactly the kiss me kill me range yes that exactly was, that's that what she told. should have called it but that, i think my dad's the only one that says that i'm sure there's that's an old saying no it's an old i'm sure saying. there's yeah. listeners but my dad said that i'm like this is the best i love it yeah it's just so accurate it's like it's like we're either this close like a, a pinky to you know to thumbs length away like that we're either gonna kiss or we're gonna or we're fighting literally like, my dad used to put it like similarly he'd be like i can just i can see him now with a cigarette in his mouth he'd be like well you're gonna kiss me or kill me you know yeah. he used to say it all the time <laughs> it's it's such a good like apt so that stood out to you that that you recognize right well away. yeah that and then but um the thing is she was talking about to get to that that close those closer zones you can kind of suss it out if they back away as you're getting closer well that means they're not ready for it and you're going to you're going too close too fast right so back up you know give them the, the respect in the space like and like as as a person that likes their space totally get that no like, i yeah that that is interesting and it when i was reading that part it made me think also of uh, how how male how men interact in general yeah. just males like even even when you when you were young boys and things like that mm-hmm. because a lot of intimidation and I and I I, re- I remember recognizing this like early on like in school I'm sure most guys do too it really does make a difference like to puff out your chest right or to lower your chin or like to do something um some something you, simple like not talking just taking off jewelry and pocketing a watch like you, it, it shows you're yeah. possibly quite aggressive right i had um a lot of male friends growing up mm-hmm. but most of us didn't have our father in our lives mm. um from a young age because mm-hmm. my dad passed away when i was when i was really young so like I never like had a lot of these like um postural things mm-hmm. like ingrained like that, like yeah. masculinity. Yeah. Um like until I got to medieval times and my boss is telling me it's like when you're out there, make sure you're you're holding your chest up and you're looking forward and you know all this other stuff. Yep. I'm like, 
okay, man, whatever. Like, I didn't think much of it because I've always been kind of round his shoulders, hunched over just right. naturally. Not because I was timid or weak, but no, that's, but even like, but that's yeah. what it portrays. Is no, that you're, like even that right you're now, not the way confident. that I'm and listening to you. Yeah, yeah. like I'm, I, that's, so that's something that I'm not sure if she mentioned in the book, but it's something I, I think about all the time too, is because like you said, like my, my father would talk about things like that. He's like, when you, you know, when you shake another man's hand, you make sure that you're standing up straight and you look him in the eye and stuff like that. Like, yeah. so those kinds of like little rules, right? Yeah. I, so I thought the whole, like everybody knew that when I was young, I was the dude, opposite of you. I dude, thought everybody just no, knew that. See, like for me, a lot of, a lot of body language is very like ambiguous to me. Like, yeah. I, like I instinctively know a lot of it, but I could never articulate a lot of these things. That's what I found very useful. Mm. And so do you feel now that after, or I suppose maybe even while we're discussing it, is it something that you're going to pay more attention to now? Oh, for sure. It's stuff I've already yeah. paid more attention to. Yeah. Like, cause like even like talking to girls, you know, it talks about like fronting, which I hate the word fronting. I find that like, cause it sounds to me, disingenuous. Yes. Cause to yeah. me, fronting is like when you're putting up an act, Yeah, but like she means it as, uh, the three T's it was, um, uh, what was it? Uh, t- t- feet, torso, head, pretty much is what it was. But mm-hmm. I forget what the T's exactly mm-hmm. were. But um, so like, in uh, order of of like importance, right? If your if your head is turned away, that means you're not interested. If your torso is turned, that means you're a little you're you know it can it, they're indicators and it's a hierarchy of importance. Now, and something I found very interesting is the feet. Like, that's totally true. If you're taught, if you have a really good engaging conversation, it's just you two, your feet are going to be definitely pointing to that person. But like to pay attention to that, like in a bar setting, look for people who are, have their, are in a more open part posture. And cause that's going to show that they're, they're interested in seeing other people, right? They're yes. interested in a conversation. Yeah, no, it's definitely something They're that... They're looking. No, I, I 100, 100% agree. One thing I did like about this book is it made me feel smart because my brain has been... Like, I walk around with Terminator vision. I don't know if you want to call it if I'm on this, you know, autistic spectrum or what, <laughs> but it, it, it really can't, it comes down to something that, my again, my father used to say to me was that always pay attention. When I was a kid, he, he drilled that into me. He's like, pay attention everywhere you go. He's like, watch what people are doing. Pay attention to what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don't just walk around like a blind animal or a cow, whatever he used to say. And so that made me, I've always felt even now that that's really important. So I analyze those things like in a bar setting, right? Maybe that's why I feel like my whole life, it's been pretty easy for me to approach women that I want to talk to. I think I just wasn't planning it out, but my brain knew what it was doing, so to speak. And that's certainly true. I mean, something that made me, it reminded me of something when I was reading this that I, uh, I pay, that I do consciously pay attention to, like say when I'm at a bar and I'm going to talk to a woman or someone, whatever. Um, I look at the near, the, the near shoulder, right? Because the more the shoulder is out, and you'll notice this too, right? Like a, a woman will spin like in her chair. She'll start to face you more if she's becoming interested in what you're saying. But men do it too. It's just it's just like a human thing. Right. People yeah. will start to face you more directly when they become more interested in what you in what you're saying or what you're talking about. And it doesn't have to necessarily be, be questions, although sometimes people like to have questions asked of them, right? Like I'm that yeah. kind of person. So like <clears throat> I'll I'll love to boast, but only if you ask me. Right. It's, it's almost like a little yeah, game. I'm not right? going to bring it up. Yeah, I'm not going to bring it up about, because, you know, what I do. One thing that bothers you, as you know this, but I'm sure a lot of people don't listening, is that I hate to be called a liar. 
or or lazy. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, all lazy. That's the one that really gets you. that that really gets to me, especially of course when I'm not being lazy, right? And that's why it bothers me. Oh, that was the funnest. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, I miss working with you, Mark. I call you lazy all the time, <laughs> just to ruin just my to day, fuck you up. <laughs> but that is something that. Um, so that's why I don't that, but that ties into why I don't like to boast on my own because I immediately, my anxiety immediately reports back saying, you know what? No one's going to believe this story, even though it's true. Like they're, they're, they're going to judge you. And you're like, well then why am I going to waste my time trying to convince them of anything? Cause I'm not trying to convince them. I'm just trying to have a good time right. by telling a story. That's it. I'm not trying to like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And people don't really like boasters you know they don't even i don't yeah stuff. someone so just walks just, in yeah. and thought oh you should see what i think and it's like oh i'm already losing interest yeah, whatever right. it is he did you know <laughs> you so, could have healed the blind i don't even care yeah That's isn't that strange like you could have saved a person's life like i was listening to i was in a bar the other week i think it was like last week and i was visiting a friend uh who's a, uh, a bartender and um she had this guy in there who was obviously a regular. I mean, you know, look, there's always some brutish regular at some, you know, watering hole that you go to. It doesn't matter what town you're in, right? Nothing new to me. But this guy was starting to get to me because he just was, he was going on and on and on and on about, uh, the, you know, the story of him in a confrontation where he got shot. And you could just tell the, like, the way he was telling this, this story, this was the most profound thing that ever happened in this man's life. Now, I don't think getting shot is a small you know, a current or it's not a small event or mm-hmm. an event that is of no note, but it, it's definitely not the, even if I got shot right now, it would not be the most profound thing that happened to me in my life. And I, you know, and it, what, what's, what's weird to me about that was that it's like, it made me start to judge this guy. So now I'm starting to like dislike him. I don't even know him. Right. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, man, shut up about your little bullet grazing. Like the, the, there's so much more, I don't know. That was just like, it was bugging me the way he was like telling the story. And then he was jumping around the bar, like telling people, you know, it's like, dude, shut up about your story about getting, you know, crazed by a bullet, you poor thing. <laughs> but it's just, I don't know. We all live different lives. And so that's something my grandmother told me is, you know, try to understand people. You know, give them a chance to explain themselves before you judge them too harshly, basically. Yeah. And this book doesn't really touch on that, but it did. Be, it did remind me of that. Let's say, right. I, I one of the other things I found um, valuable was like just like little light, like friend touches. I don't know how else to describe it. Like you know, on the knee and stuff like that. You're like, oh, haha. You know, yeah. you touch. You know, that's like like that's that's like a warmth cue that I've like. I don't like that necessarily to me, but a lot of people like are are cool with that, and they're like, yeah, and, like they they crave that kind of like uh, affirmation. So it's like that that like that what they said was was valid or valuable even. Um, so like just like touching them on like the shoulder, or whatever is like a reassurance kind of thing. And I'm like, so like using that more often in, in uh, conversations, like I find that to be useful too. Yeah, no, you you're definitely. It's funny because. Um, Actually, I think of all the people I've known in my life, you are the most stark example of someone who does not like to be touched that I've ever known. Um, even by people that I don't even know why, love. which is weird. Cause it, yeah, because I never, I wasn't abused or anything. Yeah, so I know. It's like, I don't know why it's like so like jarring to me. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like, it, I am always on guard. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Not only that, but when I when I have touched you, like you know, like a like a. Like a friendly yeah, slap in the uh, arm or a yeah, slap the on the back. back. I, like, I always get this like you grimacing. smile and look away, so I know right away. Like he, I know that that was just 
that was like an that was an exercise on your behalf to you know not murder me because I touched <laughs> you. So, but it's funny because I've known people that are the opposite of you, and they're way too touchy. There was yeah. a guy I used to work with. Oh my god! I mean, he was he'd come up to, and he was a big fucker too, which made it more difficult to like back away from him. Yeah. And I'm not tiny, but this guy had like two feet on me. I mean, he was immense, right? Yeah. And he had these huge hands, and he'd come up to you and he'd slap you in the back and roll your shoulders like, "How you doing, buddy?" And he was just like one of you know like. Just one of those guys, yeah. you know, like out of an SNL skit from like, you know, the bears, like a Chicago. <laughs> That's exactly what he was like. And I put up with it. But I think the main reason I put up with it is because I knew that the interaction would end sooner. So it was really my effort to get away from him quicker, even though I didn't necessarily disliked him. I disliked that aspect of his character right because if i fought him over it then it would become like an issue or like a conversation i didn't even want to have that right so and you're just trying to be polite too you it's like, i tell myself it's, it's that's polite but in the end like now i'm very so i was much younger when i knew this person but now i'm much more confrontational if somebody touches me that i just don't know and for me that's where the line is drawn like if you came up to me and threw your arm around me i'd just be like oh hey man what's up you know yeah. like you could just sit there we could just be like shoulder to shoulder like brothers or something mm-hmm. right that that doesn't feel weird to me you know but if you're a total stranger and you do that to me, I'm going to whip that arm right off of me right away. Like you should, wh- what are you doing? Cause right yeah. now the t- first two things that my brain says, you're getting robbed or he's going to hurt you. Yeah. Like you <laughs> don't like, have the trust. It's like, right. who are you? Don't touch me. But you, even if you have, even the trust, if I have the trust, <laughs> even if I know it's just like, it's just uncomfortable. It's like, it's like, I don't know what it is. I want you to know just how, just in in candidly, because like, I haven't counted it, but just how many times I stopped myself from trolling you and maybe ruining your night by not coming up and like giving you a shoulder rub or poking you or doing something <laughs> that I knew that would just fucking set you off. Because I don't want... You're the kind of person, too, that I feel like once you're disturbed, the rest of your... Like, the next few hours, you're disturbed. You're just kind of pissed. You you, you know, you don't recover well, I feel I like, know. from that kind of interaction. I don't... I, f- I feel like... I don't know. I, really, that, I don't know. I haven't really. That's like, my social a, cue yeah, that I read from yeah. you is that once something like disturbing happens to you, even if it's on a low level of disturbance, it seems to it's float behind anno- your yeah, eyes. It's yeah, just it's there. an annoyance. For yeah. Sure. Like you do. Like it's a like it's mud going through a, like a water gate. Like it's yeah. just going to take its time. Slide Dude, out. I, I worked the other day. Um, these, we get like a map so, so you can see where, who you're serving, where you're serving and everything. Right. Sure. Yeah. And uh, everyone like floods to it. Right. Well, I'm sitting down in the maps placed in front of me. And then um, I'm like sitting, I'm reading the map and like all these people start to like gather. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to move. I don't want to sit here anymore. I say that like verbally. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get up and then like this one guy, he's like behind me. He's like, no, stay sit and then he touches me and i'm like get the fuck off and i like throw my arms like don't touch me and i like freaked out i was like i'm sorry just i don't like being touched and yeah. like there was it was like claw it was like everyone i don't even not even claustrophobic it was just like just all those masses of bodies around me i'm just but at like a concert for some it's like i've accepted the see that's, I, like, that's different because like i've accepted it right i'm allowing myself to go to this place so like a mosh like, pit's very therapeutic for you then you yeah. can just like let oh go. i love mosh pits i love just throwing against people like that's awesome yeah. but like but it's it's like i'm i'm entering a social contract i understand that this is what's happening and what's going on right like so i'm okay with it i'm not weirded out by it mm. so yeah that's a kind of a an odd stipulation. No, no, it isn't because one thing uh, going off of that and, and referring to this book again, um, 
I have negative things to say about this book, but again, another positive thing I have to say about this book is the fact that um, as I've gotten older, I've noticed as well that she talks about how getting past, um, not getting past maybe is the right way to put it. I wish I could remember how she put it, Ben Edwards, that is, um, in, like layers of intimidation. So what I'm in, like, I'll give you an example. Like when you're, or it's easy to feel, let's say, at any age, but especially when you're young, to be intimidated by, like, say, a, a large man, right? Okay. Who's just got, like, a scary face. And I grew up around men like that. Like, large, you know, Bulgarian dudes that just look mean as fuck. Yeah. All right? And, you know, like, my dad's cousin Ivan is, like, the king of that. I, I'm telling you, I wish I had a picture of this guy because he looks like... Every picture looks like a mugshot, that, you know, <laughs> like an ex-con or something, right? The guy, and, he, and on top of that, he his character was just so aggressive and gruff. Really? Right? And just sort of mean, right? The guy had... a a big heart, an amazing heart. He's a very lovable person, but boy, there was a lot to get past to like to get to the center of that fruit. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what he was like as a rotten fruit with a good seed. I guess if that's in the analogy. Okay, okay. But um, I think because of that, my brain is sort of trained not to be easily intimidated. Let's say right. by people who look intimidating, right? Right. So I don't feel, and it's 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 not a good thing always. Like I've walked up to like a group of bikers who probably were ready to kick anybody's ass, and I was just casual with them. I was just candid with them, and it's so like, oh hey, what's up? You know, I mean, like even slap one in the in the shoulder, and, <laughs> and then give them, I get the look of death. Right. This happened at a strip club one night, and. <laughs> it took minutes for that to like rumble in my brain. My brain's like, you know what? You probably just escaped the beating. It's like, and my, and I have this weird dichotomy with right. myself, this insanity. And then the other half of my brain is like, nah, we're just being friendly. Those guys are cool. They're, they understood that. Right. I think in general though, you're, you're, you're safe in most cases, like most, most guys, even like anyone, they look mean and tough, but they're just, you know, that's just their aesthetic. But that's what's and interesting about the mosh pit. I was gonna say, especially at like concerts, like dude, that's yeah, like metal concerts are awesome. Like they're they're some of the nicest people that you know. It's by far. I was gonna say. I think I have said this before. By far, the nicest like audience I've ever experienced in my life is a metal audience. Is a metal crowd. Yeah, they're because well, if someone goes down and gets fucked up, like yeah. everything stops in that area. Everyone backs away, helps out, like gets the gets like the security guard. Like it's instantaneous, dude. Yeah, it's it's so nice, and it's it's just about the fun yeah. and the experience. The the worst concert I've ever been to was uh, ICP and Twisted Fate. I think their name was okay. Yeah. And they're both they're they're both like you know like rap groups, right? That crowd was fucking horrendous, man. It was nothing but really young people, and I was young too. But there was right. a lot of teenagers and a lot of like early twenty somethings, right? When the mosh pit started, it just turned into a fucking brawl, and like people got hurt, people got stabbed and beaten Fuck. up. It was just stupid, and all, all because those two bands, their 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 fans didn't like each other. Really? For whatever fucked up reason, they didn't like each other. And I don't know if the bands knew that and they had the show anyway. That's so weird. Yeah. yeah. No, the band would know. The well, band knows against this is like fan rivalry. Late 90s, I want to say. I went to this, like 99, yeah. 98 time, time period. I, thought, I think the other band was called Twisted Fate. Maybe it was like Tech Nine or something. That, yeah, that's another. I Tech can't Nine remember. used to work a lot with ICP, I know. It must have been Tech Nine then. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Tech Nine and ICP. Yeah. And the fans at that particular concert, at least, that's what I've 
found out from talking to people on really? the sidewalk later was that they fucking hated each other. So and silly. I was I was technically neither. I mean, I didn't really know the Tech Nine group, but I knew ICP. Yeah. yeah. I like some of their funny songs. Yeah. And I went there because I got the tickets for free. But man, that was literally the worst like concert crowd because everybody was just angry. There was all this. Like young male, like aggression, aggression, yeah. and it had you know, everybody just it just turned into targets and brawl. So, yeah. Anyway, but no, but yeah, going off that mosh pit thing, like the um, the reason why it's comparable in my in my mind, the comparison the comparison I make is that once you start moshing, you start like running down or pushing or like thrashing guys that normally you would think probably look pretty intimidating mm. but then once things become actually violent like they back the fuck off like they, they want none of it yeah and that's just funny to me that's true you know yeah it's always like the one girl that's just like kind of stringy and she's just like wild as fuck and it's like damn that girl's a beast like it's always her that's like the one that's like more more brave like braver than anyone else that's I, that's i've never had that experience for me it's always just some like sh- it's usually some like littler guy like the taller guys i've never seen really tall guys I'm sure they have, but I've never seen this, and I've been to a lot of concerts and, and like mosh pits. But like, I've never seen tall guys go too strong or too heavy on smaller people. They always seem yeah. to like pick on guys their own size kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's almost like a horse, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the horse knows that it's bigger than you, and if it steps on you, it doesn't doesn't really want it's, to. Yeah, like that's a bad thing. Yeah, for, for both parties. <laughs> right, right. Like it pities you. Like you know. yeah. So yeah, I. I've noticed that, and, it, and the most violent people I've ever seen in a pit were smaller dudes. You know, like guys around five six to five eight range. Mm-hmm. Man, every t- every violent guy you can think of, that's that's what that's that was his size. Maybe like, they feel like there's more to lose, right? Like they have a bigger chance of like going down, so they, like they got to go harder than everyone. Else. I don't know, but I will tell you this: I I've in my life the only man I fear is not some huge motherfucker it's some stout motherfucker those they're so hard to wrestle dude i used to wrestle those guys in high school and it's impossible it's like a knot of muscle like you can't take him down you can't do anything with him. yeah it's like kevin yeah like kevin kevin is i would never want to wrestle i would never want to fight like out of all the friends all our friends and all the people that i know right now he's the last person i'd want to fight he's a dwarf it just yeah that's what it is (laughs) it's a D dwarf it's like how do i kill that i don't know not not like the medical condition but like the fantasy <laughs> yeah right that's why i said D. yeah hopefully. i know i just wanted to i thought about it as i said of like mm, if you don't know who <laughs> sounds like i said he had dwarfism but no so one of the problems i had with this book is actually the author herself i watched her videos on youtube mm-hmm. for someone who spent an entire book and all certainly all her videos that i watched three and a half because i and that took a lot out of me because I could not stand to listen to her and watch her. Her character, her persona, her video persona, and even really it comes through in her words, is actually offensive to me. And here's why. Because I felt that she was fake. I felt that she, it was like listening. Imagine being forced to listen to a lecture from a used car salesman. That's how it felt to watch her on yeah, her videos. Yeah, I feel that she goes a little overboard sometimes. She was sure. cotton candy to me. It was like... You know, it's nice. It's it's great at first, but after a few minutes, it, you, it makes you sick to your stomach. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I know I'm being harsh, but it that's little. I mean, I that's literally how I I feel about it. Um, she just was always constantly bubbly, constantly gushing like positivity, and it didn't feel genuine. And my brain was watching everything she did, and what was disturbing, more disturbing to me, is that because she's let's say let's call her a professor of social cues and, right. and charisma 
that she was at the top of her game when it came to displaying it. And so when I was trying to find, you know, it's like when you watch someone write a professional riding, dressage rider riding a horse, right? And they're doing a routine. And to the untrained eye, it looks like they're doing nothing. It looks like they're just riding the horse. But to the trained eye, you pick out the little cues, right? Right. That that the rider is making with his hands, with his legs, with his gesture in general, okay? And that's how I was analyzing her. And it was bugging me. that it would be unnoticeable, but she like... But it was, she, she yeah, too heavy into it. Well, so not much. only, not only. So what, 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 what I did notice was not only that it was when she did make a mistake, it was so minute, it was almost undetectable. But that just she so regular, so regularly did not make a mistake. So that means that she's at a high level, like a high tension level. Her ego is at like max firing for mm-hmm. a long period of time. In this case, like a full forty-five minutes for this one video. You know, or like a full twenty minutes. Right. That is very stressful. Like I, I that I understand because I've attempted that type of shit myself, right? And if you're an entertainer, like I would call myself, that's something you practice because you have to be sort of in character as long as you can. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. And that's where she that's where she bothered me a lot. And I I felt that people like that to me are very disingenuous. I have a lot of trouble trusting them because they're always putting on a show. And she's she struck me as that kind of person. So that was like a big negative that I had to say about the author directly. It made it very difficult for me to like take what she said seriously, seriously. Yeah. Even though I I wanted to, and I still do. Um, yeah, I was trying to look past that kind of stuff because yeah. I know that there's there's still good information there, regardless of the the teacher and how they present themselves. Sure. Yeah. Like like what she says is mostly true. I would say. A, yeah, a I think of, you're right. A I lot think. of the information is correct. It may not be, it may be oversimplified in some cases, like the charisma chart. Well, I felt, I know I've said this to you before, and I'll say it now, is that I felt that a good bit of the information in her book was like bro science. I felt like it's like uh, when I watch um, a YouTuber bodybuilder, right? He'll go on a, like a small tirade or a lecture about how things work in the body and I'll pick out the things that are scientific and then he'll start slamming on things that are just experience based. Right. And they sound logical. So it makes you believe what they're saying is true mm-hmm. because it goes. And then also other information was backed up by facts. So it's like. Right. It makes it makes it sound like they everything li- yes. you're saying is true. Right. They laid an agreeable foundation and then they just start piling shit. On, I mean, that's, how you, that's, just, that's just lying. <laughs> I guess that's yeah. a, that's how it's like well, lie, that's, that's a lie is hidden by truths. Well, I don't know if I would call it lying. She, it's not really lying, actually. I mean, let's let's put it to yeah, I'll put but, it this it, way. but it's it's putting not necessarily wrong information, but unverified information hidden amongst verified information. Well, it's verified to the user, right? Her experience right. or their experience with what they're talking about is verifiable because they went they lived it. Right. And they compared it to information that is true. So therefore, it sounds verifiable. It sounds true right. itself. The reason I called it bro science is because they didn't actually present any data for it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that, and she does do that in this book. She does that in her videos as well. She sort of just tacks on things that sound like candidly logical, let's say right. casually logical. Like, And we all are. I, I, I do believe I've always thought that every human being is sort of a... Uh, a professor themselves of studying other of studying communication our brain does that on a daily basis we study communication yeah i feel like some people just don't get it though like we don't pay attention to it like backing away from someone who's talking and because they're too close to you Mm. and they just keep following you like dude 
you gotta stop. You gotta you gotta be at least an arm's length away from me, like like that, no closer. And then I had to, I had to, uh, to tell someone that before. Yes. Like, like like physically, I like or verbally, I told them. I'm mm-hmm. like like, dude, you're too close to me. We need to have at least an arm's length away whenever you talk to me. Forever, like that's yeah. This, how this isn't is. like a soap opera close up. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's we like, don't have to be in frame right now. I can hear you. <laughs> it was it was too much, and I was just like, I can't. No, can't. I've I've learned over my over the years to um, do something similar. So when I see some, I can tell. Like, I want to say I learned this from working on the street because when I see an aggressive person, like a streetwalker, and I've met them all, gangbangers, pimps, mm-hmm. every every type of person who lives on the street, right? And they're when they want something or, or they're going to they're going to hustle you they they come up aggressively they get as close as they can before they feel they have to stop and so when i see someone coming up to me when i can see them zero in on me right from any distance it could be across the street as soon as they get within 5 or 6 feet of me i i literally put my hand up i say hey hey how you doing yeah right, i don't tell them to stop but i put up my hand as though to say stop right there because they do respond to that because People were animals, right? They they understand like okay, a, a board like a line has been drawn. Yeah. If you cross a line, or you're throwing up your energy, you, right? Yes, yeah, so you're. Yeah. It's, it's just it's becoming like a, a ball, like else. a nuclear explosion, like the atom being split. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I do now too, and I I will do like like you said, like a verbal thing. But man, if I'm well, usually when I'm on the street, it's always a hand life. comes yeah. up right away, like whoa, you know, as if to say whoa. I yeah. Mean. So that yeah that is, and again these. A lot of what I felt Van Edwards talked about, some things the way she broke down, I thought were clever, and I, and I guess they are true. Like like you mentioned her like her warmth, her constant reference to like warmth. Yeah, warmth and, cues, and then confident uh, confident cues, and um, what was the other one? There's like another set of like like the danger zone cues. Well, what that all reminded me for the most part is. Um, the medieval humors or the Greek humors, whatever you want to call them. I don't know what the official term is, but the idea there was that um, man's health and existence, right, with the world could be broken down into humors. And the humors were warm, cold, wet, and dry, right? And then from those four, you had like um, overlapping interactions. Okay. If you think of it like a chart, like a Venn diagram, like circles overlapping. So... If you were too warm one day and, and, and your diet and you were, if you were like, if you woke up in a hot sweat, let's say one day, right? Well, then you needed things that were cold and dry in order to balance you out. Cause okay. that's what the humors yeah. are. They're, they're, I don't know if the word, I guess it's an affectation, but it basically it's a practice of balancing the human spirit out, mm-hmm. right? Mentally and physically combining the body. And it's actually a fairly clever way to look at things. And it does work if you, adopt the belief right if you think of things in terms of the humors it does technically work and she does that i feel with her her warmth chart her confidence chart her or you know the distance chart things like that she talks about i mean obviously the whole book is about cues so um one thing that stood out to me um in relation to that is eyes so there's an old one of my favorite quotes from Scarface is the eyes, Chico. They never lie. Yeah. And and that is true. Yeah. I think that the the biggest in my, I don't want, I'd like to hear what your opinion is on this, but for me, when it comes to an aspect of body language that seems to never falter, it always exposes itself, it's the eyes. Dude, I yeah, I was just gonna say, like, I cannot control the micro expressions in my my forehead and my eyes. Mm. Like, if I find something surprising or just dis- 
in, like disbelievable. Like I, my eyes, my my brow always like like what you know, like scowl and everything. And I'll be like, like if I do find something surprising, my eyebrows do go up. Like it's it, it, it my eyes say everything. It's crazy. I think that's just about everyone. I think yeah, but the, what's what's frustrating is that I can't like master it. I can't control. It. I can't. I, don't think I can't hold it back. Can. I mean. I mean, okay, look, there's always Michael's some human. Michael's really good at it. <laughs> Michael's really good at being <laughs> being stoic in general. If, if he shows any expression, it's it's for real. No, he, yeah, but I I think if you pay attention to Michael, he's the kind of person, even though he's very stoic and and fairly stern, when you pay attention, you can tell, you can det- you can detect the emotions very clearly. Yeah. He's not emotionless as a person. No, he's not. Yeah, but I was gonna say like, there's always a human somewhere on the planet that is just awesome at something, right? And, maybe, and obviously, there's got to be an expert liar. But look at a good example of someone trying very hard to lie who thinks they're very clever, Amber Heard, right? Okay. I I was watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, defamation trial, like daily. It's like my favorite TV show. <laughs> it was so entertaining. And mostly because of her, because she, she's just, she was so clearly lying. I mean, not just lying about some things, but lying about everything. Yeah. I mean, this woman doubled she She's doubling down on her lies. She's even putting out statements now that, you know, how sad she is that... You know, she feels like her voice was was squashed, like, you know, that, uh, that the power of men is just crippling her, you know, her, her and other women's ability to say what the truth is, even though she's a proven liar. Right? They prove that she lied and she had to go back to court to be even easier the second time around because there's so much data they didn't even incorporate or that they missed yeah. about her lying. But what I liked about her lying was that it was it's a great study. I mean, she's going to go into like fucking lectures and like, you know, like classrooms now and, and, and professors are going to bring her up and be like, OK, let's watch her at this point. You know what I mean? Do you think actors and actresses are good at lying? Do you think that's like a, a trait that's like a natural pickup? I think inherently no. And then the reason why I say that is because I watched the movie um, Val about Val Kilmer on on um, Amazon Prime. OK. And there's a my probably my favorite part in the whole film is when Val talks about an art teacher that uh, or an acting teacher he had when he was in school when he was uh, you know in early twenties or whatever. He the acting teacher stopped him and he was kind of aggressive you know this isn't like a verbatim but he stopped him he stopped Val and said what are you doing he's like well I'm trying to convey you know how I would feel in this moment because I've never had this experience that this this character had and the acting teacher said no 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 he's like you have. He's like, there isn't a single person in this room or in the world that hasn't felt every emotion. And that struck a chord with me because, in my opinion, the cause of an, of an emotional reaction is irrelevant to the brain, right? In other words, right. your brain doesn't have a special category of fear above the, the last one just for burning houses, being stuck in a burning house, right? That, that level of fear is triggered by anything as alarming, Right. right. It doesn't matter if you're in war or burning house or your dog died. You know what I'm saying? Like that level of fear is just there. Your brain just triggers it. And I feel the same is true of any emotion, regardless of the trigger. So you're not acting. You're just summoning whatever it was that you know will summon that emotion. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think actually a lot of actors are bad at lying. They're good actors, but they're bad at lying because they're not lying. They're just summoning whatever emotion they needed at whatever level is required for that performance. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think a bad actor is someone who is lying. You can pick them out all the time. You can tell they're just trying 
too hard. Yeah. To try and like they don't the, look natural. It doesn't be. Yeah, the, 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 it isn't natural. The emotion isn't natural, and it's getting worse. I feel like in movies, like Hollywood doesn't know anymore how to display like humans, like how to portray humans, and everything's so politically correct that everybody looks like they're paralyzed yeah. and how they should react to a certain situation. It makes no sense. But I think that's a great study, um, in my mind at least, for what it means to be legitimately emotional or to have a legitimate response to something. And that's why I brought up Amber Heard because I think that's what she, she is so clearly, she, she wasn't summoning real emotion. She was summoning fake emotion. And there's so many examples. I mean, some of them are comical, like the one that, one of the ones that became a meme, her, her dog stepping on a bee. And then she, she immediately like throws her head and cringes as if she was posing for, you know, like a picture or something, but she was her entire performance is a photo op. I mean, she literally paused in the middle of blowing a nose or taking a bump, whatever you want to say she did, you know, so the camera could catch her at just the right angle. I mean, it's just ludicrous. The woman is insane. She's hmm. a psychopath. But a great study, yeah. I think, in how to read someone that is aggressive but also lying. Because that's probably out of all the things mentioned in this book, I think to me that's the most important thing to pick out as fast as possible. Is like I said earlier, hustlers. Yeah. Yeah, no, just protect yourself for sure. You know, one of the things that I, f- I found uh, enlightening was the eyes crease when you smile. Yeah. And what I what was enlightening about that was that, like, people that see are really awkward and weird looking, like, they just, like, are, are very, like, you just get those, the, the, I don't know, I get this weird feeling around these certain people. It's because they're... I found out it's because they're smiling, right? But their eyes aren't. So I just there's like there's just like this thing that's just like, what is happening? This disconnect. Like I don't understand what. Like I just know I don't trust you, and I don't know why. And I know that there's something weird going on here. And I fig- I, f- I finally found out that's what it is. And it happens a lot with girls. Like a lot of women do this. Well, so I want to. Yeah, okay. That's really that was another interesting point. I think she talks about this in the book too. Is like um. Like a genuine smile compared to like a a fake, like a real smile and a fake smile. Yeah. So one, this is something I made up a long time ago is that when I pick, because like I said, I could have wrote this book or my version of it because this has been like a lifelong study myself. And one thing I used to, I, I came up with a long time ago was the closer the edge of the mouth gets to the edge of the eye, the more real the smile is. Mm-hmm. So the more, I guess you could say, like, Cheshire Cat-like or Joker-like the smile, it's more genuine. <laughs> well, that's oh, because right, when, you, when you truly smile, you expose things that are ugly, like your gums. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or your, your ears come forward on some people, or your cheeks come out so you look fatter in the face. Like, the more genuine you are, I feel just in general with expression and emotion the uglier you are in a way but the more the more homely the more welcoming you are as well exactly right and so a fake smile is actually pretty easy to detect And, and men are probably the best at this if i had to guess because i do believe that the the women do the most fake smiles there is now hear me out the reason why i believe that is because women are constantly having to deal with men, right? They're contending with men on the receiving end because men want women. They're always going after right. them, right? And it's and it is a tactic by women and people in general to diffuse uh, aggression with kindness, with a smile, with right. politeness, things like that, right? To make them the person just go away on their own. And a fake smile does that. It is a tool for that, right? But you can detect it's fake because mm-hmm. of the eyes. Again, yeah. they never lie. 
if you like what you're hearing or even if you don't that also helps <laughs> yeah especially if you're still listening then please consider supporting the show we're working hard on our passion to create quality content and we want to bring you much more indeed we've got big plans for what we want to add to audio pong and we'd also love to hear from you the audience on topics or content zach and i can create for you Visit AudioPong on RedCircle.com for more information on where to support the show and where to listen. Also, feel free to contact us directly through email with AudioPong at gmail.com. Be happy. Be healthy. And, and have, have a metal, metal life. life.